Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from a basement dungeon in Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nocho Prano. I'm coming to you from above ground here in Los Angeles. We got subterranean Andy over there. Andy, you look like the kids that are responsible for all this Wall Street action. You've got like you're in the basement, the black t-shirt, greasy hair. People can't. People can't see this because we're not live on YouTube because your back and your computer gave out simultaneously. What's going on there, Andy? What's going on in Cincinnati? I don't know. For the record, I just got a shower, actually. I actually showered <laughs> and shaved today. I look like hell. If I don't know, get, man. If people could see you right now, I feel like we could go live to YouTube. You just don't want to because you, you're, you're in a basement in front of a treadmill and some file cabinets. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, uh, I've been having some serious back, lower back issues. As you know, you and I are both disciples of Dr. John Sarno's healing back pain. You are like, I've never seen somebody take, I thought, I thought Chris Wilde took youth basketball too seriously. I've never seen somebody that's letting it cripple them. Yeah. It's actually, has not. You know, you know what, you know, a percentage of third grade basketball teams lose all of their games, like 95% of them statistically, how does, how is that possible? I'm not sure, but most third grade basketball teams lose all of their games. We've actually won our last two. We finished, uh, we finished the regular season four and five tournament playoffs. Yeah. Everybody makes the playoffs. So tournament starts Friday. I don't know, man. Like the back pain started. You know, if you read that book, he says it, it'll start. Sometimes it starts. It's a slow burn. And I started feeling it last week. And as he says, you just fight through it. Right. And you say, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. And I did that. And I kept doing that. And then it's classic right out of his book. Saturday, there was a bad snowstorm that I was stuck in. And I'm driving home, so I'm probably all tense. I haven't driven in snow like that. I couldn't tell you when. High school. And I get home, and I'm all like, oh, thank God I'm home. Because it was like 35 miles of it. My brother, no, maybe, I don't know, 35 minutes regardless. My brother lives kind of far away. And uh, the minute I went down to take off my shoes when I walked in the door, it just classic back froze. And I said, oh, no. And then I tried to stretch it out didn't work it just kept getting worse i watched a movie and then i woke up the next day and i was like oh my god this is excruciating and then i had a game sunday so i i made it through the game and it just got worse sunday night like awful like this is the worst episode i've had with uh tms also known as tension myonoral syndrome since my back first did this in September of 2018 and yesterday like it was I couldn't like it was so painful to walk to get up to move and I was like I can't do the podcast I can't I can't sit in a chair 
And I just started. I saw, re- I saw a great comment. If if Maddie Goldberg can do the podcast laying down, you should be able to do it laying down. <laughs> that is funny. Maddie Goldberg sideways in his fucking RV. Yeah. <laughs> Who's laughing now? Huh? But I started rereading Healing Back Pain. I'm already like 70 pages in. I'm just going to mow through it again. It's only yeah. 180 pages. And I just and look, you already I, feel better. I do. I, and I know he talks not to go too far down this, but I really do believe in this stuff. And you do too. That's why I think it's important to mention. I really think obviously I've had a really stressful 13 months, but it's all, it's so much other stuff that that entails that you don't realize that you're repressing. And I am like, your standard to get this as far as it's like people who keep fighting through or ignore stuff or think, Oh, I'm just going to work out through it. Like that dude, that's when it's just, you're just going to repress it. You're going to push it down and uh, it's going to come out. But I, I I'm sick of this shit happening to be honest. So I texted you yesterday. I was having a nervous breakdown. I go, I don't know what to do, man. I work out. I go to therapy. I journal. I'm open about my emotions. What else am I supposed to do? It's like, what am I supposed to do? Well, that's what, you know, we talked about this like a couple months ago. I forget what it was in regards to, but you know, uh, you, you always, you know, I'm on the show here. Everybody knows me as Joey. No chill. And I've been known to, to lose it on the show. But like we said in real life, pretty Joey chill. So it's really, I think it's about, as opposed to repressing your anger, you just need to let it fly. Sometimes really just purge yourself of the, of the, the black darkness of the bile and just let it fly and then just relax the rest of the time. So Andy, you know, if you want to, uh, if you want to scream about Jared Goff today, or uh, I like, you know, whatever you want to go off about, you just, you, you just let it fly. You're right. That's I. That's one of the parts of the book that I had forgotten that he does advocate. Just don't repress that anger. Let it out. And uh, yeah, so I guess I'll have to start doing that. And and there's no anger. I'll tell you what. What a deal for the Los Angeles Rams, in my opinion. I I'm, think. I, I mean, I 100% agree with you. I think everybody is uh, trashing the Rams for what they gave up, but, um, and we're going to talk the Arenado Cardinals trade later, but football is, is different than other sports, uh, in that, you know, this winning the super bowl, getting to a super bowl, it's the, the window on that closes very quickly. The Rams were in the super bowl two years ago. They missed the playoffs last year. They're back this year with a great defense. And, Everybody was saying, you know, separate from Goff's injury, that they were kind of done with him, that they 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 almost wanted to start the other guy if he had been healthy over Goff if he's healthy because they just don't believe in Goff anymore. Goff wasn't getting it done. We we are on the Goff is a medium pizza train. I am a I am a Matthew Stafford stan. I believe this will be, you know, the the opportunity Matthew Stafford always needed with a good coach and a good defense. Um, obviously he'll be in the tough division, but the point is it's a win now league. They're ready to win with the defense. They believe they were a quarterback away and they went and got a quarterback who's, you know, who's been begging for an opportunity to win. Yeah. Well, they gave up two first rounds and a third round. And of course, Goff himself, I, I just don't understand what, 
is the big give up. Also, the Rams have been drafting later because they've been good. Right. Also, I think m- more importantly, um, than than the pick, like okay, the picks are one thing, but like two first round first rounders isn't that much. No. And Goff's contract is bigger than Stafford's, so you're getting you essentially you're paying to get. Goff's contract off your books with some first rounders. And in return, you get a quarterback that you think can take you to the next level. Now, let me read something because um, everybody is sort of the, the, the people who don't believe in this deal are the ones that are hammering the Rams for giving up as much as they did and getting back what they believe isn't a winning quarterback. Tory Smith, former wide receiver of the Ravens. This is this is my favorite tweet in a long time. Let me give you some advice. If you're having a conversation with someone about Matthew Stafford's talent and they say he sucks, stop the conversation and don't talk to that person about football ever again. And meanwhile, under it, there's 500 replies about why he's mediocre and sucks and he never won games with Detroit and blah, 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 blah. And he had all these weapons like golden Tate and Marvin Jones. And fucking. I mean, obviously he had Calvin Johnson for a minute, but look, cool. yeah, I'll, I'll say it and I'll just keep saying it over and over again. If you play for the Cincinnati Bengals or the Detroit lions, there's only so much you can do. There really yeah. is Carson Palmer. Same thing happened, right? He said, I'm going to retire. I don't want to play for this organization anymore. He forced his hand. Matthew Stafford. There are certain organizations, and the Lions are the bottom of the barrel. Look, yeah. who, they, look who they hired. They, they, they gave a no-name coach a five-year deal. It's horrible. And it's a terrible decision. And listen, you know, we've talked a lot about – we talked – I mean, obviously, this we, we could rename our show the quarterback show because I, I think that's how important the position is, and we talk about it all the time. But judging guys based on – the situation they're in and what they can do in that situation is, is everything. Yes. Uh, Peyton Manning might've gone in and turned around the Detroit lions, but we're talking about, you know, the, maybe the guy who would be able to do it. Matthew Stafford, not being able to turn around the Detroit lions. Steve young didn't turn around the fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, like, but then Steve yeah. young goes to the 49ers and he's a hall of famer. So, you know, the the idea that Matthew Stafford is not just out of Detroit, but goes to the Rams with a great coach, with a great system, with a great defense. Yeah, for sure. It's put up or shut up time. But like the idea that we are judging Matthew Stafford for his past. I, the bottom line is this. Sean McVay knows more about football than you. And he did this deal. He couldn't wait to do this deal. Well, for, well, and that's a good point. I want to bring up, guys, let's not forget, Sean McVay didn't draft Jared Goff, and that's important here. Right. Sean McVay was hired after Jeff Fisher, who was the epitome of mediocrity, drafted him and gave up all those picks. And Goff didn't look good with Jeff Fisher. Goff so, looked good with Sean McVay. Yeah, and obviously I think he got... Sean McVay got the most he could out of Jared Goff. He got to a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. And Sean McVay's a smart guy. We all agree. He's a he's a young, great offensive mind. He knows. 
He knew the writing was on the wall. He saw, I mean, I mean, again, he knows that they're in a win now situation and their hole is at the most important position on the field. And he fixed it. He plugged, he he believed what he did was plug that hole. And, and, you know, it's, it's ludicrous the way people judge quarterbacks across the league, because now everybody's going to be moving right? There's all these people that are going to be moving and people are saying the same thing about Deshaun Watson. Oh, look at Watson. What's he really done? He's been awesome on the Texans and they haven't won a playoff game because they stink or they won one playoff game because the organization sucks and their coach was a boob, but it's not his fault. Meanwhile, people are going, the, the the, you know, the Rams give up so much for the for uh Stafford when they could have gone out and gotten you know the Niners were going to get Kirk Cousins for less than that Kirk Cousins has been on a team that's competent with a good defense for four years or whatever it is now what the fuck has he done so stop judging guys but like based solely on raw stats taken in a vacuum and playoff wins use your eyeballs Matthew Stafford is way better than Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford is better than Kirk Cousins. Deshaun Watson is better than all of them. Well, I, I, to be honest, I didn't pay attention too much to what anybody was saying. I read articles, which I enjoyed on the situation and what the Rams did. And the Rams is kind of remarkable because what they've done is they won't have a first round pick. I believe from like, 2017 through 2024 or something like that but it hasn't affected them that's the thing that's been crazy is the rams have drafted really well like they've gotten some great talented guys on both sides of the ball without needing a first round pick i mean look look at their young running back not a first round pick cam Akers, right look at look at the acquisitions they've made via free agency the robert woods type of guys or the drafting of like a cooper cup my point is they haven't needed that big first round pick. They're doing kind of the opposite of what a lot of teams do. And because say, that's the NFL today, which is you're either in win now mode or, in, or you're in rebuild mode. The worst situation to be is in between. So when you have, when you're in rebuild mode, draft picks are so much more valuable to you than even your most valuable player. And if you're in win now mode, Valuable players are so much more valuable to you than draft picks. You yeah. don't want to start. You don't want to say, hey, we'll fix our quarterback situation. That's the only hole we have in the draft. That's not how you do it. And to the Rams credit, since they hired McVay in 2017 or you know, that was his first season, they've been in win now mode now for, for, you know, this many years in a row and credit to them. They just keep reloading. Look at all the signings they've done. They went after Brandon cooks. Okay. Now he's not on the team. They went after Jalen Ramsey. They got and Sue. They gave Aaron Donald all that money. They threw Goff all that money. They threw Cooper cup money, Robert Woods say what you want. No one can, in my opinion, be critical of They are Not many teams have tried to win now, quote unquote, for four years in a row five years in a row. And the Rams are doing that. They're throwing everything they have. They're really stretching the economics and the salary cap. I mean, it's kind of fascinating to be honest. Everyone thought there's no way you can do this. Les Snead, the GM did it. 
and they pulled it off. And again, they're two years removed from a Super Bowl. They didn't win the division this year, but they essentially won the division this year because they they get in and then they beat the team that won the division in the playoffs. So right now, they're the best team in the NFC West. They have everything they need going forward except a quarterback. They went out and they got a quarterback. And the people, anybody who's surprised or or thinks they gave up too much based on what Matthew Stafford has done in the past, I just will repeat, Sean McVay knows a lot more about football than you do. And on the other end, Prano, I, I think it's it's not the best deal for Detroit, in my opinion, because, you're, again, you're, you're going to get probably two first. I know they had to get rid of Stafford, but you're getting two first-round picks that are going to be in the 20s, most likely. And then you're getting Jared Goff, who, dude, if you couldn't win with Sean McVay, yeah, you're not no, winning I mean, with, listen, the, you're not yeah. winning with PC principal as your head coach. The idea, I mean, that's why the that's why the the Lions fleeced the Rams take is the worst take because take take everything out of it. You took on Jared Goff's contract and you took on Jared Goff as the starting quarterback of your football team. That's a bad, bad move. I don't want Jared Goff's contract. And I certainly don't want Jared Goff's contract tied to a player that is Jared Goff's quality. And let's see what happens now. Like, you know, when the Lions don't make the playoffs next year and the Rams do, and the Rams win a playoff game or two, we're all going to, we'll all understand, right? That it has nothing to do with how good Jared Goff was. And the failure of the Lions had nothing to do with how good Matthew Stafford was. Yeah. Lions won't win six games next year. And it'll be a debacle. And who knows if Jared Goff will be the starter for a season? Who knows if Jared Goff will be the starter for three seasons? Jared Goff never had. He just never had the it factor. Uh, You know, we've seen him on hard knocks twice. I, You know, obviously we've watched so many Rams games. He just, he never, and we've talked to this. You can see on the sideline, right? When the camera pans in on him. And shows his face and shows his emotions. He just didn't have the, he didn't have the it factor. But what this leaves us with, Andy, this might be the most burning question of this whole deal. How does this affect your top five team rankings? I knew that was happening. How does this, like, now you have a Stafford Rams versus your boy Russ and the C, like, who are you even rooting for to win your own division? (laughs) Dude, I, I just, you know, I, I, what, I don't need this right now, Joe. Are you trying to, you trying to make the back problem worse? I'm not, I'm just here to watch football and I enjoy mean, maybe it, right? You have, maybe you have back stress because you you root for five football teams. <laughs> I have a lot of stress rooting for one football team. Yeah. The okay, crush, the, the devastating blow that I feel when the Giants are eliminated from a season. I mean, you have to go through that five times in a year. First, it's the Chargers. They don't make the playoffs. Oh, then the one, then one of your teams loses to another. Then your next team who won loses. Oh, it's devastating. No, I think it's and exciting. I got it all hung on Tom Brady. Again, I root for players, right? That's what they say about NBA. I root for players. Yeah, there's certain teams I root for. Sure, I'll, I'll root for the two LA teams. Got those Chargers season tickets, which you're going to be taking advantage of next year since they play the Giants. I love it. If fans will be allowed, who knows? Uh, no, I think it's great for the Rams. Obviously, their Super Bowl odds have changed already. It puts them 
right at the forefront to make it to the Super Bowl, to win a Super Bowl. I think there's a lot of curiosity, don't you? Like I have it with Stafford. When someone stays in a dumpster fire organization that long, you have to wonder, obviously he's good, but how much of an upgrade is he going to be? And- I think he's going to be a significant upgrade. I think that he's, I mean, I think if you look at what McVay was able to do with Goff, I mean, especially early on, we go to that, we go to that game, we go to a 54 51 or whatever it is. Chiefs Rams game where they're one of the most, you know, dominant offenses in football. They go to the Super Bowl that year. Obviously they lose to the Pats. The, the, you know, the tough thing is I, th- I think the Chiefs are on the verge of, of going back to back here and the Chiefs are going to be tough to beat for a long time. But when you're p- strategizing this, forget the Chiefs. That's not your problem. You have to get to any given Sunday. Just get to that Sunday and worry about the Super Bowl when you get to the Super Bowl which, you know, McVay obviously has experience with get to the Super Bowl and worry about it, and it didn't go well. But get through the NFC. And I think that this, I mean, you look last year to this year, no one had the, I said the Rams were going to be improved, and the Rams were improved. And the Rams won a playoff game. But, like, no one had the Rams atop their Super Bowl favorites list in the NFC. No one had them above, you know, the Saints, the Packers, the Bucks, even no one went into last year going, it's the Rams year next year. A lot of people are going to go into it ha- saying it's the Rams year and, yeah. and, and not because the, the new stadium and the new uniforms and the defense it's because they improved at quarterback. Sure. And I think that their offense is going to be high powered next year. And if they have a high powered offense where a guy's able to make throws that the last dude couldn't and the defense plays that well, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. I'm will. a fucking Rams fan now. My boy was freed. He's free. And he's yeah. here in Los Angeles. And I have to get uh, me that off-white Stafford jersey. Jared Goff is now officially a Detroit-style medium pizza. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, that, that's the crave, right? All corners. No, he's not. The all corners is great. <laughs> he's not an all-corner pizza. How dare you do that? He's a no-corners pizza. He's in all middles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I, I, I think that'll be, it'll be fun to see. And see, obviously I think you're, I think you're got the, you know, that Detroit style pizza was good, but we needed some ranch. You know what I mean? Jared Goff, Jared Goff ain't some Brooklyn pizza. You could pick up off the, off of, you know, paper plate and enjoy just to, just to stomach Jared Goff. You need to slather that guy in some ranch. Oh Yeah. Well, I had the ranch. Remember, I had their their. I know that's ranch. what I'm saying. You you yeah. you literally bought your own ranch. My point is, if you, if you want Jared Goff's Detroit Lions season to be appetizing, try dousing it in ranch. Ooh, just saying, Jared Goff. Maybe that's why my back is is tweaking up again. God, he was tough to watch. Yeah, I think they've improved significantly. Yeah, well, obviously it's a tough division, arguably the toughest division in the league. But yeah, it'll be a lot of fun, and I'm excited. Big trade, the off week of Super Bowl. Now, what's going on in Houston, right? What's the update on Deshaun Watson? He he wants to be traded. They hired a 
old coach who has no experience, the oldest, David Cole, the oldest coach in NFL history for the first time coaching as a head coach. I know nothing about ownership down there in Houston. Um, all I know is that this is like <laughs> Bill O'Brien from day one to me was a horrific hire. You're, you're hiring a guy who never won 10 games fucking any level of football. You're, you're hiring a guy who's oversaw what the, the return to mediocrity after a giant rape scandal, <laughs> Penn state. Like that was, that was what you built this on. Oh, and he was Tom Brady's quarterback coach. And then they're like, well, listen, it's not going to be high, worse than Bill O'Brien. And then they're like, how about a 65 year old guy who's never coached, never been the head coach of any football team. Who was oh, the I, Ravens passing game coordinator. And the Ravens had like the 27th or 28th ranked passing offense. Yeah. The problem with the Ravens, like, you know, if you, if you got the Ravens running game coordinator, now we're talking, you yeah. get the Ravens special team coach. Okay. They're pretty good at that too. Passing game coordinator. So literally the, the reason the Ravens keep losing playoff games you have hired the guy responsible for that one aspect of the Ravens. And he is now your head coach. Yeah. Houston, we have a problem and it's your owner. He's a dipshit. Bob McNair. Isn't that his name? Yeah. Yeah. They are a disaster right now. I don't think you can trade to Deshaun Watson. Look, I don't know if it's repairable, but you just, you just, I don't know. You just can't, it's so tough to get these once in a generation quarterbacks for your franchise. But again, you're either in rebuild mode or you're in win now mode. So Houston ain't winning shit anytime soon. Houston's probably not winning shit until this coach is fired and they find an actual head coach. So you got four years, four more years of mediocrity mortgage Watson, go get the 15 first rounders. The jets are going to give you. The Jets will still be bad because they're the Jets. So you're gonna you you get 15 first rounders from the Jets and you draft high every year because the Jets will find their own way to ruin Watson and rebuild. Yeah. Bigger you've disaster. A, you, you've you've got a flood. Trade Watson to the Jets for sandbags and start putting up a fucking flood wall. What's a bigger disaster hire? David Cauley? Or I don't even know his name. I just know it's Italian. The guy who is coaching the Eagles who gave a debacle of a press conference to start. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. What was like, that? Everybody's kind of like, so, you know, everybody's roasting him. And then the like, <laughs> the the people who are roasting him underneath those people on there are like, he's stuttering. Give him a break. He's stuttering. It's not that he's no one's literally no one's criticizing him from for stuttering. We're criticizing him for the words he used, which is like, we're going to start by being a smart football team and being a smart football team starts with knowing what you're going to do and knowing what you're going to do starts with having a plan and having a plan starts with a man, a plan, a canal, Panama and a Panama canal starts with boats and boats start with. Displosion of water 
and then water is makes up 75% of the earth. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? We like say something like he literally is just talking about like, we're going to be smart and, and we're going to be smart by making our system easy. Was, was that a zoom press conference? I have no idea. You know, I was talking to my buddy about it Sunday and he made a good point. He's like, dude, is there nobody? Cause he's, he's reading from a script, right? If you look, he's reading from something. I think this was his intro press conference. I think it was zoom. I, I don't know though. I'm not sure. Regardless. Isn't there somebody in the Eagles like PR department who can just hit end and then be like, sorry, fucking malfunction. Or I'm saying who reviews it before he goes up there. No. Isn't there somebody in their department who's like, hey, man, no, because who's because who's like, think about that, like in the hierarchy of a franchise, who's above the. You know, the head coach, you think the GM's taking a look at it? I don't know. But. Somebody's got to take a look. I mean, we've now seen two disasters. First, Detroit, now Philly. Somebody's got to look at these guys' briefings before they get out there and make an ass of themselves. Well, I mean, the other the other move is um, don't hire guys who are going to make an ass of themselves. Like, True. What, you know, do we think 65-year-old David Cully is going to come up and, like, hit it out of the park with his press conference? Like, you hired Dan Campbell, who's the tight ends coach, you hired, you know, the 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 shadow, the phantom offensive coordinator for the Colts. He comes in like hire somebody that's like a head coach quality. And you won't have. Yeah. This pro- I mean, again, listen, as a Giants fan, my dream was that the Eagles keep Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz forever. But when this guy showed up with a, we're going to be smart and smart is easy. We're going to be great chefs. And the the way we're going to make big, great chefs is we're going to microwave hot pockets because that's easy. You put it in, you put it for 30 seconds, then you eat it. Like when he came with that shit, I was like, this might even be better than Peterson. Yeah. Well, a lot of these teams are downgrading. Joe, I want to talk about a big upgrade for my life and I know it's for your life. I'm going to hold this up here. Oh, you're going to don't hurt yourself, Andy. Look at your one. How the great mi- is that? The minimal golf bag. But there's nothing minimal about this. It should be called it- a maximum golf bag. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I think, I think they call it the minimal golf bag because it, the, the way they describe it is everything you need, nothing you don't. A lot of like, not a ton of pockets, but like that's good. Just as just as many pockets as you need. It's not like one of those bags where there's a million pockets. Then you go pack in an extra pair of shoes. You go pack in two hundred balls. It's perfect. I actually took it out to the golf course down in Oceanside this weekend. I played Goat Hill Park, um, and I brought it. And everywhere I went, literally on the course, I'm walking with my bag, and people are going, "That's a nice bag, man." Hey, dude, love your bag. Yeah, it's got my face on it with the thing with my mustache. Yours has the dirty sports podcast logo and your initials. I mean, the fact that I can charge my phone while I'm golfing, I have a spot to place my phone to videotape my swing so I can go back and watch it. There are just so many cool features on this. And uh, Let me just go over some of them. The patent pending phone holder filming pocket, which I just said, the internal stand mechanism, four-way divider, two full length, very comfortable, 
it carries 14 clubs, the backpack strap, which is very comfortable. Right. Magnetic pocket closers. I love that. The magnetic, the magnetic pocket closures. Because zippers, zippers, zippers always break, and then you'll always yeah. be like, oh, just get this fixed. You never fix a zipper. The lightweight micro micro suede, the patent pending port and portal system, and the thermal pocket, which is can hold up to fifty up to five 16 ounce bottles or six 12 ounce cans. I mean, guys, if you are a golfer and I know a lot of dirt balls are, you got to go and get this bag because the best part is that it has all these cool features. It's, it's like, what did you say last time? It's like the Tesla of golf bags. Yeah. That's what I've described it is the Tesla because it looks good. It functions good. It's very modern. It's got all kinds of modern stuff. Andy, I played on Saturday and you know, at the turn, we got a bunch of beers and they get, they were like, wow, you're getting a lot of beers. There's four of us. You know, I get eight, 16 ounce beers. It was like two, two, a, a person for the backside. And they give me a box with ice and whatever. I'm like, we're walking now. I got to carry a box with ice. No, I took four of those 16 ounce beers, put them in the cooler pocket, put ice in there with it. It's got ice drain holes. It's amazing. The so idea just, that on one side of your golf bag, you have a drainable cooler pocket and on the other side, you have a phone charger. Yeah. So go to minimalgolf.com. Get yourself a great bag. Once again, that's minimalgolf, M-I-N-I-M-A-L, golf.com. They got great bags. And uh, I know some dirt balls have already done it. Putting, their, yeah. you know, put making their art designs, put it on there, putting their initials on there, putting their logos it's it's great and again i'm gonna say two two last things then we'll move on one it's you know same price as other golf bags with a with way more perks yeah and two i have had this bag for a week and a half now they don't oversell this enough they should sell it their patent pending phone holder I, i've taken it twice with me to the range and film my swing Seeing your swing can change everything. I actually finally played a good round of golf on Saturday because I knew exactly what I was doing from looking at my swing. This golf bag's literally going to change my life. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. So go check that out, minimalgolf.com. Okay, so I see there's there's been a big uh, a trade this morning, right? Oh, boy. How about this? You lead into this. My back is absolutely killing me. Okay. I'm going to go. You can just lead into it. I'm going to go heat up. It's going to take a minute. Something to put on my back. What what trade are we talking about? Has there been a couple? Well, I don't even. I, I mean, what sport are we talking about here, Andy? Oh, baseball. There, are we talking about the Arenado trade? Did that happen this morning? When did that happen? No, Am I so happened, far out of it. That happened yesterday. Dear two God. days ago. Two days Jesus ago, maybe. Christ. Okay. Where am I at? All right, we could you you go do your heat thing, and I'll I'll talk Arenado baseball trade. You talk Arenado. I'll be back in like ninety seconds. Okay. So. uh First, let's start off with what's been going on in Andy Ruther's life that he missed a one of the biggest blockbuster baseball trades in a long time that happened. I think I mean, at this point, 72 hours ago, guys, did this happen on Sunday? Did this happened on Saturday. Was this a Friday night trade? I don't it was a long time ago now. I don't know how Andy Ruther missed this. Um, this is to me an A plus deal for the Cardinals. And uh, as close to an F deal for the Rockies as you can get, we'll call it a we'll call it a D plus deal or a C minus deal for the Rockies. Um, the 
Cardinals get easily the best third baseman in baseball, a guy who has won a golden glove every second he's been on the field. Um, probably the best defensive third baseman of all time. Um, right up there with one of the best offensive third basemen of all time. I mean, ludicrous numbers at, at this point uh, for Arenado. Yes, there's a course factor, but I think we all know uh, Arenado will, will be great in St. Louis and has been fantastic on the road for the Rockies as well. And they do it. The Cardinals do it without, I think they gave up one top 10 prospect or no top 10 prospects. They don't even give up their top third base prospect in the deal. They basically give up, you know, one really great prospect and one sure thing, major league pitcher. Yeah. They give away five guys, but here's the kicker of the deal. And we talked about uh, Goff's contract situation uh, being a factor in the, in the lions Rams trade, the Cardinals give, up a bunch of prospects but not any like insane prospects and they get the Rockies to pay 50 million dollars in cash of this salary now I understand the Rockies need to get this money off of their books but you guys signed this deal like the idea that you're going to like to me an incredible deal for the Cardinals to get Arenado for uh, uh, you know, a small, decent, a small to decent haul of prospects and get money from the Rockies is just a no brainer. Also, no one is trying to win the NL central except the Cardinals. So now the Cardinals have made a push. The Cardinals are far and away the team to be in the central because no one's making moves and the Cardinals are making moves and, and they're getting paid to do it. And meanwhile, the Rockies are just in, you know, forfeit mode and we'll probably end up trading Trevor story and fine, go to rebuild. But if you're going to go to rebuild and you're going to pay the Cardinals $50 million to take him, get some fucking better prospects. I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. Welcome back, Andy. Thanks, man. I'm sorry. It hit me hard. That's okay. Wow. The, the gist of it, and I mocked you for a few seconds because this happened at least three days ago at this point. Um, which Where is have fun- I been? I don't know, which is funny because that's why I was like, I put I had to put it on the rundown because you have like Major League Baseball, like you have like, you know, schedule news. And you've got like the Texans hire an old guy, but you don't have Nolan Arenado moving baseball teams. I was like, okay, Andy's really punting on baseball these days. But uh the gist of the deal, Andy, since you missed it, is that uh, the Rockies trade Arenado to the Cardinals. The Cardinals give back five prospects, only one of which I believe is the top 10 in their system. Another guy who's the uh, only one pitcher who's like a sure thing major league pitcher. And then, a, uh, you know, three loose parts. You know, not, not that those guys can't all turn out to be great players, but they are what they are right now. And then they somehow the Rockies give them $50 million towards Arenado's contract. So to me, I call it an A plus deal for the Cardinals and, and makes the Cardinals a team to be in the NL Central where no one else is attempting to do anything. 
Yeah. And and a, a D plus deal for the, you know, maybe even a D deal for the Rockies because, you know, they're going into rebuild mode, which is fine. But like, I would, I think they could have gotten more for him. I, uh, yeah, I, I followed. In, you're right. I haven't been following baseball as much lately. I, I do know this Central is the winner is going to have like 83 wins. It's not going to be a good division. But I, I was curious to see if they would vote to push back the season, and the, the players are not going to allow that. The players They're, want every dollar they can get, and rightfully so. And the idea of pushing back the season for what? We're still going to have the, all this, co- just like we have in the NBA just like we have in the NFL with, you know, already two guys potentially out for the Super Bowl because Tom Brady's probably sending people around to poison Kansas City Chiefs. Man, um, shots fired. We've, we've already got two guys out potentially out for the Super Bowl. COVID is just going to be a part of things as we go forward. So the idea of moving this back from like 162 games to 154, like why? Like what, you know, what is the eight games going to do? I think they're just trying to buy more time for vaccines. Oh, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to what they're trying to do is cut their cost and and the same way they did last year and shove it through under the guise of, oh yeah, we're gonna get like how many more people are you gonna vaccinate in eight days? Well, I think it was pushing the season back ultimately, I don't know, a few weeks, to be honest. Okay. I don't know though. I to be honest, because I have no clue what's even going on with the vaccination process. Um, but I'd like to see a baseball game this year. It'd be nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, it, Dodger it, stadium, you can bet, you can bang two things out at once. Get that vaccine on your way to uh, the stadium, right? They should just be vaccinating people who buy Dodgers tickets and send them in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy because it's totally on a state by state basis. I mean, <laughs> yesterday in Atlanta, courtside Karen is spitting on LeBron James. So I missed all that too. I saw it. I saw the headline. What happened? Some, some guy who's courtside, uh, starts shit talking LeBron, which at this point is hilarious because you know, the Cavs, you know, some guys, the Cavs management team shit talk LeBron last week and it sends him into a, you know, monster mode where he just starts just destroying everybody. And, uh, you know, some, some clown down in Atlanta is sitting courtside and I call him a clown only cause now we've seen him. Now there's like his Instagram has been published. He's like this, you know, fake tan roided out 50 something year old, you know, Goomba looking like, you know, one of those guys who just like, dude, you're, you're 55. Like, Enough with the tight T-shirts and like the gym photos. Um, he gets in LeBron's face, and apparently LeBron LeBron tells him like sit his steroid ass down or something like that. And then his girlfriend, who's like some twenty-five-year-old, you know, Instagram model wannabe, just goes ballistic, goes full Karen on LeBron, and LeBron just like laughs and a and a eventually security removes her from the game. And then she goes on to a now deleted Instagram story and calls LeBron a bitch and says she'll fight him. And yeah, just full courtside Karen. And then LeBron tweets courtside Karen was mad, mad. And I just thought, I mean, 
mean, talking about getting dunked on. Well, I'm looking right now. Is the is there is there Instagram? Yeah, it's saying it's still been deleted. The story's been deleted. I'm sure she's still out there. She's like Juliana A. Carlos or something like that. And it's oh. just it's such clown stuff. I want to see this guy. What's this guy look like? I mean, you you can put it in. You can find him. He looks like, you know, he looks like oh. Bruce Willis if he was a foot shorter and and you know was full on in like in like workout mode, you know? Yeah, I see the girl right now. What's I, I never, what's what's the movie with like all the old ass action heroes? Expendables. The Expendables. This guy looks like a, a you know an expendable stand-in for you know Jason Statham or something like that. Like when they're out of when Jason Statham just doesn't want to come to work, they're like put this guy in the background out of focus. Just some bald dude is like clearly taking HGH. Oh yeah, this chick. This chick. Instagram model one of the yeah. For sure. She's got a picture with two chains. Yeah. And she Oh, here we are. This fucking guy. This fucking guy this is pretty funny. And then the Lakers won. Yeah, of course they did. They're playing the Hawks. And she set them off. And like LeBron apparently didn't ask for them to be removed or anything like that. Atlanta security was just like, get these lunatics out of here. Yeah. I don't know, man. These people. He's gonna he's gonna have some back issues coming, dude. Or maybe he's letting that anger out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's maybe that's what I need to just start talking shit to people. But you know what? He like the thing is with the it's like I don't even know if it's an anger. It's like it's it's one of those things where and Spike Lee is the king of it. And I know a lot of people have been saying like, oh, fucking Spike Lee. Let me let me just say one thing as a Knicks fan. We don't fucking like Spike Lee. Fuck Spike Lee. Spike Lee, Sitcher never played in a single game of basketball ass down and shut the fuck up with your fucking whack ass orange rimmed glasses and your fucking, you know. Mad Hatter hats and your fucking oversized, you know, Walt Clyde Fraser jersey that's fucking you're swimming in because you look like, honey, I shrunk the director. Shut the fuck up. No one needs to know what the fuck. Like, st- like he made the it thing. It's like, oh, be fucking rich and sit courtside and talk shit to Reggie Miller. No, shut the fuck up. You know, when I go to next games and I used to sit courtside. Spike Lee used to shoot me the eye because I would be like, I'd be like coaching up the Knicks. You're not yelling at the other team that they suck. Like, God, it's just like, but guys like that make it make it like cool to like go and like troll the other players. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. How about that gift I gave my uh, nephew and niece? How about those those uh, yeah. jerseys? Now, where those you you gave them Jordan and Rodman jerseys. So their their mom, my sister in law, is big on Last Dance, right? And they've watched it so many times, apparently. So whenever we play, you know, as a kid, you want to be somebody. So they're twins; they're nine, and he's the one I coach. So he always wants to be Jordan. And this nine, imagine a nine year old little girl always saying she wants to be Dennis Rodman, yeah, which I think is so hilarious, yeah. She's like, I wear dresses. He wears dresses. Yeah. So I got them. Uh, 
I got them jerseys. Let's just hope she doesn't pierce her nipple anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> so I I got them. I got I got them a Robin and a Jordan jersey, uh, and uh, she was so excited. Like that's enough. The Robin one. That's a Mitchell and Ness. I found it cheap. That's be great. Shocked. That's great. Like that's that's the official Robin jersey uh, that he wore for the 97-98 season on the Bulls. And to be honest, I kind of want one too. And I said this when the last dance was airing. And she's telling me I can't now because you can't have one because I have one. I'm like, I bought you this. What are you talking about? But I don't know. To me, the thought of a nine-year-old girl walking into school this week when they don't have to, she goes to Catholic school and they don't have to wear a uniform on one of the days. I would just love to see what some of the faculty think. Like, wait, she's wearing a Dennis Rodman jersey, the worm. I, I was first of all, she, you should get yourself a Dennis Rodman jersey, but the Bulls Rodman jersey is no higher than third on the list. Like Detroit Rodman is is great Rodman. Like that's that's original Rodman, o, OG Rodman, and then Spurs Rodman, demolition man. The like the beginning of like the, where Rodman turned. Yeah, is also legendary. And he's wearing ten, and then he goes to the Bulls. He's in ninety one. But you know, I gotta say the great thing about having uh, a sister who wants to be Rodman. This is exactly what I did with Mikey as a kid. I just made whatever I played. I made Mikey. I would like convinced him that he wanted to do something that would help me out. So I was like, yeah, dude, you're going to be a first baseman. And then I just made him stand over there and I just wing baseballs at him. And then I was like, you know, I played receiver. I was like, Mikey, didn't you always want to be a quarterback? Quarterback's the best position. Just throw me passes all day. So now your nephew's got just like a, a all time rebounder. He's like, listen, just box out. I'll shoot. You you feed me the ball. Yeah, no, that for sure. But she's actually, she's the more skilled person of them. Oh, That's the damn. irony. Like, I mean, she is. She she can bring, the, I went to her game, which by the way, third grade girls basketball. Take a guess what the score, it went into overtime last week. Take a guess what the score was going into overtime. 13-13. Wow. Yeah, it was a real, uh, real high scoring game. I mean, I mean, at that level, but you, you know, Prano, at that level, the kids, we play a very bad team on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt bad for them. They had one point at halftime. Like, what do you do with that? You learn to lose. What do you do with that, right? Yeah. One point at halftime, and we're not that good. One point. I almost it was almost like watching a just a bad car crash. You just you just don't want to be a part of it. You don't want to watch it anymore. You're like, yeah. oh, how many times is this little boy gonna travel? And they're calling it. The rest were calling everything on Sunday too. That's where it's tough. Yeah. When they're when they're calling it and they're like, son, you traveled again. Son, you double dribbled again. And they're and the rest are cool, right? They explain, hey, this is why this is what it is. But oh, I don't know, Prano. All I know is uh, I think I have a future as an NBA head coach. Hear me out. Okay. <laughs> a, a lot of these guys start young. You know, you start with the third graders. You slowly work your way up. Next thing you know, I'm doing uh, seventh, eighth grade, then high school. Before you know it, I'll be the next David Coley of the, uh, I, I of the say, NBA. A lot of these guys start young. Meanwhile, you're starting old. You're, yeah. you're, you're starting a third grade basketball in your late 30s. By the time you're qualified to be an NBA head coach, with your back problem, they're just going to have like talk about Phil Jackson's chair. You just gonna have to be coaching from a hyperbaric chamber. Maybe <laughs> put a float lab next to the uh, 
the Bulls bench for you to lay in. You know what's amazing is you said you had back issues, and ever since you read that book, Never Again, where I still get them every few months. Yeah. Like, what have you done? I'm telling you. It's, it's the rage, Andy. You got to let the rage out. Just got to, you know, what was that movie where the, the black stuff just comes out of your mouth? You just got to let it fly. You know what I watched last night for the first time I'd never actually seen? Basic Instinct. Yeah. How was that? I, I haven't seen it since probably the 90s. I mean, it's it's kind of corny. It's in a super lot of corny. Regards, yeah. You know, but like, God, can we talk? Sharon Stone was so sexy. Dude, I mean, the, she, what, 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 what kind of old take is what kind of like? No, but like, like are we, we're doing vintage movie reviews. I'm just saying she was so hot, dude, in 1992. Well, this is what you're missing out on by not being in L.A. anymore. Apparently, she's like on the dating apps out here. Oh, I know. I know. She, she's I think she's like 66 now. Yeah. You know, 62. Bro, she is like in that movie. I'm I'm watching it and I'm thinking like, would I let her kill me to have sex with her? Like, that's how hot she is. Like, you got to rewatch it, man. There's a lot of sex in that movie. Yeah. Holy cow. Like, Wow. And I, and I was attracted to the, the his ex, who's like the shrink, too, in that movie. Bro, just saying. <laughs> like, the, the back problems were were being helped a lot last night with a little basic instinct. I don't even I like I don't even want to picture what that looks like. The back problems were being helped a lot by basic instinct. No, I wasn't like touching myself. You're, like I'm just dry saying. humping the, 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 the couch cushions. No, man, I was just laying on my back. Those recliners, you know how it works down here. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's my review of Basic Instinct. Corny, but Sharon Stone. Can you can you not do this now? Can I don't you not think do you this? can do that anymore. I can't do the A okay. I think you just I think you just gotta do thumbs up. Yeah, you, you gotta do thumbs up. Although I don't know, Biden's back in the office. This might be okay again. Yeah? Yeah. It's funny how that works, right? Yeah. What else we got going on, Joe? We're not going to get the calls today because our system, I don't think we fully explained it. My computer literally died yesterday. Your computer and your back died simultaneously, which is why you are, God, it's sad that we're not, this isn't going on to YouTube. You I really wish small, you could. You could put a small video out. Aren't you, yeah. aren't you going to have the video of this? Yeah, I'll have the video. I wish you guys could see Andy Ruther. He's in Walt's basement, but like in the, not in the, not in the living port portion of the basement. The unfinished o part. Over Andy's left shoulder is like, hanging clothes and like a stack of towels over his right shoulders. <laughs> Walt's treadmill in the back. It's just like file cabinets and like boxes. You're literally in like a storage closet. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The lighting like it's I mean, you're a character out of a movie where they like go to their hacker buddy. They're like, oh, yeah. You know, and you're like, yeah, here I am in the basement. <laughs> Mom, give me the bagel bites. Yeah, Mom, I need some bagel bites. You couldn't be more bagel bites right now. Yeah. You're full like bagel a, bite, Mom. You're like a guy who's got like a 10 million people who watch him on Twitch. I know. Well, it sucks because we had a lot of good calls. Um, I'm hoping that the back. Uh, I'm hoping that I can make it to Apple tomorrow to get a new. Like, it's just, I mean, even this episode, trying to sit down, dude, for like this many minutes straight is sucks. It really sucks. I, I do want to do something real quick and then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll keep it short today. How about that? We'll keep sure. it short. 
don't know if you saw this. It's nothing major, but I, I find it interesting, like where, you know, sports and media meet and the future of all this stuff. NBC SN RIP. Did you the see that? NBC Sports Network. Yeah, which is kind of like, I mean, they have hockey. They, <laughs> I was going to say, which is the only place they play playoff hockey games. Yeah, so like it's done. Now all now all all hockey playoff games will be on the Home and Garden Network going forward. No, you know where they're moving a lot of this stuff too, which is crazy. True TV USA USA. We'll be doing hockey games. It's great, but they did a lot of golf on that too. A, reruns of Suits and the NHL playoffs. What is Suits? I don't know. Reruns of Wings. Next up. Of episode 510 of Monk, and then Rangers Islanders. <laughs> Dude, that's the state of hockey. You got to feel bad for that sport. Yeah, I but, but uh, I, like they're I, moving honestly, to they're, they're moving to USA Network. Hockey's great to watch live. I know everybody gets into the hockey playoffs. I've tried so many times, and and like, don't get me wrong, hockey's a great sport. I enjoy it, but like. My my favorite thing is when the hockey stands come out and want to like trash basketball. It's like, yo, they're they're playing mid season NBA games on ESPN. They're playing playoff hockey on the home shopping network. Like, get it together, guys. No one cares. Well, ever since they never renewed with ESPN, yeah, is basically what happened. I don't know how many that was twenty plus years ago or something. Ever since they didn't get ESPN renewal, that was an L. Yeah. That, that negotiating for the NHL. But yeah. Now you, you got to sit there. You got to watch the last five minutes of a castle rerun before you, <laughs> before playoff hockey starts. Oh, uh, it hurts. It hurts my back to laugh, Joe. You can't do that to me. Uh, Up next, we got the 90s hit a single guy with Jonathan Silverman. From Weekend at Bernie's fame. And then we have Ducks Panthers live from the pond. Followed by the movie Howard the Duck. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. It hurts too much. I can't. I can't. Prano, the pain is real. Andy, you know what you'll like? You know what? I, I was, I'm watching WandaVision on Disney Plus. I don't know if you've gotten into that at all. It finally, no. it's, it's finally, the, the latest episode is finally not, uh, awful I, I i mean i didn't the first few were not awful but i knew they were all set up but because i was on disney plus i went down a star wars rabbit hole for a little while i've watched four star wars movies in, in a week where'd you start so i st so on tbs or tnt one day they were doing like a star wars marathon yeah they keep doing it and i started watching uh episode four i started watching a new hope and the first commercial break, I was like, this is fucking stupid. I have Disney Plus. Like, I'm not going to watch. So I go back and I watched Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. And then I found this, like, what they call machete order, where they, like, recommend you watch Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, then go to episode two, then go to episode three, then go to Return of the Jedi, and then go out. And you never watch episode one. And I was like, I love this plan. I definitely don't need to watch episode one ever again. So I watched four, five, two, three, and we'll have, we'll watch return of the Jedi next. 
And then I don't really need to rewatch the new ones because I've seen all the new ones and I've seen them fairly recently. But I hadn't watched like Revenge of the Sith or Attack of the Clones in 10 years. Maybe more. They're well, they, they were they were drilled at the time. They're way better than the new ones. Yeah, I don't know if they're way better, but they're pretty they're, good. None of them are none of them are the originals. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. You're not going to compare the originals. What's up with those Mark Hamill uh what's his name? The the British actor commercials they do. Yeah. We've talked about this on the show. I've, I I I've said um, a million times I don't Patrick I don't, Stewart. I don't Patrick understand. Stewart. I don't understand them at all. Like I don't understand I don't understand them. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that they're like, "Oh, that's the point." You know, everybody's talking about them and you go, "Yeah, but they still don't make fucking sense." Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Again, I really I wish mean, we obviously Star Wars, Star Trek. Sure. But like, okay. Or is that a rivalry? I don't think so. I thought just nerds were into all that stuff. No, I'm not into Star Trek. Star no, Wars. I'm guy. Saying, but like I'm saying nerds. Okay. I got you. Like I bet the guy you lost to the Star Wars trivia off in Vegas with was uh I bet you he's into Star Trek. That was Meb. Oh, was it? Yeah. I know. Meb. You, I've golfed with Meb. So that's why I know you've golfed with him and tug. Yeah. Well, guys, we'll get calls next episode again. Hopefully I get a computer. We can get this thing situated. Just give my back a little minute. Got to go ice it. Even though that does nothing. It's just a placebo. Totally. Makes me feel better though. Uh, we got to wrap this you up, need, Joe. You need, you need some CBD, Andy. You need some CBD cream. You need some CBD. Hit our hit our friends up at Cushy Dreams. I know. I was. I know. I'm. I'm heavy CBD these days. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Actually, I forgot I have some. It's a good reminder. Wow, I totally forgot I have some. Yeah, guys, give us a call at 310-359-8365. Joe, can we keep it short and quick today? Yeah, I just, dude. I need it. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the dirty sports, drop an iTunes review. If I ever make it back to the post office again, I'll get those out. And, uh, that's it for my end. Uh, at Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on TikTok, at Joe Prano on Venmo, at Joe Prano on clubhouse, whatever that is at fix your life on Twitter. Uh, drink Miller light, send me, photos on social media rate review and subscribe to this podcast do all those things perfect guys thanks for listening thanks for the patience and uh we'll be back thursday i gotta hit up goldberg i think we're supposed to have him on again so uh we'll see in just about 48 hours or something have a great few days and as always stay dirty